welcome to another episode of Reality TV and Me. I'm your host, Kirsty, and we have a big show for you today. First up, I want to introduce my good friend and co-host for the day. He's just launched his very own podcast, Poplitically Incorrect. Jacques, welcome to the show. Welcome back to the show, I should say. How's it going and how's the new show? Hey, hi. Thank you so much for having me back. This is exciting. I haven't been here since we did our maths recap, so it's fun to come back on now. I've got my own pod. I know. Tell us a little bit about your pod. You've done four or five episodes now. You've had Tamara on. You've had Heather Dubro. I mean, it's all happening Sheena Shea style over in the Jacques world. <laughs> <laughs> yep, I've had you on too. I've had the Housewives. I've had you on. Um, yeah, I talk about like uh, Bravo shows, of course, like all the reality podcasts do. So I talk about like Real Housewives. Um, I have celebrity guests. I talk about the American Bachelor and Bachelorette franchise because I'm like completely obsessed with it and in love with Spencer from The Bachelorette. If any of you know who that is, he is my future husband. Um, And yeah, I don't know. It's kind of like unfiltered, contrarian. It's kind of like not PC. It's become kind of political, which I didn't mean because I, you know, when I made the podcast, I was like, I'm not going to be, you know, that political on it. And now it's become political because I'm always attacking other people for being political, which makes me political, (laughs) if that makes sense. You're like (laughs) anti-political. Pretty much. It's a lot of like, you know, I don't like the cancel culture stuff in in Bravo and everyone trying to like boycott shows and being obsessed with the housewives political views. It just annoys me and I kind of think it sucks the fun out of it. So I'm always like raging on people that are doing that. So yeah, it's a lot of fun. Very unfiltered. Yeah. Your last episode had me like fist pumping in the kitchen while I was like cooking chicken and listening to you. I was like, yes. (laughs) You know that I am obsessed with Real Housewives of OC. I know a lot of shows aren't covering it. That's something you cover and talk about um, on your show as well. We're going to get into OC, uh, a bit of a recap later on, put at the end of the episode. So anyone that isn't interested or isn't following, feel free to turn off at that stage. But it's a really fucking good season. It's my favorite housewives at the moment. Jacques loving it too. So I don't know. I would recommend catching up if you're not already it's on so board. Good. See, it's so good. <laughs> the people that aren't watching it are crazy. It's like mm-hmm. you and me. I, I, the people that I know that are watching it are loving it though. That's yeah. the thing. The people that aren't watching are just missing out. So and let's whatever. be honest. Like if you started out watching Real Housewives of OC all those years ago, It is about trash humans, you know, like that's the point. We're supposed to be able to look at them and not aspire to be them, but laugh at them and talk about them. And, you know, we'll get into it later. I'm already like on the OC train, but just watch it, catch up, trust us. I want to do a little bit of a plug per moi for myself before we get into a little bit of Married at First Sight goss. And plug my new merchandise for Christmas prezzies coming up, whatever you like. Just head to tasteofreality.com and you can have a little 15% off discount with my code realitytvme, no end. And look, I've got my face on a mug. You can have reality TV and me written on a t-shirt. There's tote bags. There's all kinds of stuff. 
get a little magnet with my mug on it. And um, yeah, there's lots of fun stuff. There's stickers. And honestly, I mean, my mom is my biggest fan. She's like, everyone's getting these for Christmas. So the whole family is going to be stocked up. And yeah, I think I'm just going to have to get a selection of my own mugs for my cupboard. And that's what everyone's going to have to use when they come over for a coffee. (laughs) Are you going to be investing in my face? I mean, I see enough of your face in my Facebook feed, so I'm not sure. I'll think about it. (laughs) Sending a t-shirt your way for Christmas. You're welcome. Oh my God. All right. Let's talk a little bit about what did I say we were going to start with? Salt Lake City, our brand new season, our brand new city, rather. It is. Look, I want to get your first impressions because this is. I'm not going to say anything. Go ahead. What do you think? Okay. Well, I'm loving it, but. I have, and I've said this on my podcast too, the fanfare for it is getting way over the top. Like people are acting like it's the fucking Godfather or something. Like it's just another housewives show. It's not a masterpiece, but as far as Bravo, you know, highly produced Bravo shows go, it's very good. It's above average, uh, great cast, some kind of good drama, some weird, I think kind of fake drama as well. Um, some of the girls are really overdoing it. Jen Shah, I'm sorry. She is fucking ridiculous. It's like an actress, you know, it's like someone that was a fan of the show and they're coming in and acting like her confessionals and stuff. It's too much. Like, what are you, are you getting that vibe from Jen Shah as well? Is it just 100%. me? It's hundred percent. No. Yeah. And she just made such a scene of herself in the first episode. And yeah, there was a lot of Jen uh, storyline with, you know, my aunt had her legs amputated and the whole thing. She's very over the top, very overt. It is, and and she does it, it does seem fake because she doesn't seem like that kind of person when we see her in other scenes with, you know, um, Heather, for example, she's quite soft-spoken. I do think she's kind of wild and extroverted, but it is very much like she's trying to be the head of the show or the MVP kind of thing. Oh, well, that's in a fucking tagline. But yeah, I think she actually seems like a nice person. And, you know, I've talked to her a little bit on social media because she's actually talking to everyone on social. (laughs) She follows me. I've refrained from trashing her in my timeline on Twitter because (laughs) I don't want her to see, although I, you know, on the podcast, I feel like more safer (laughs) to express how I really feel. But I think she seems like a nice person. And I think she seems... um, entertaining without having to do all the extra like even her confessionals she had that confessional on episode two about um looking like a black diamond or whatever and it was so rehearsed like she Mm -hmm. has these one-liners and it's she reminds me a a lot of Leanne Locken but with Leanne Locken Leanne was like genuinely kind of crazy so it was sort of more authentic whereas Jen is acting like that and it's kind of a real turn-off it's actually the only criticism I have of the casting is Jen being too thirsty. Um, mm. I really hope she pulls it back as well because I feel like um, when you get too much in this mode of acting and playing up and stuff, it can end up backfiring on you. Like you yeah. become too much of a caricature of yourself. So I don't know. I'm hoping that as she gets used to, because I'm a bit like that, as soon as a camera or a microphone is in my face, I'm like, you know, want to be the centre of attention. Surprise, surprise, I know. But it's kind of like that whole, you know, you're putting it on, you're feeling like very extra, 
But I think I'm hoping at least as she gets used to having the cameras around, as she gets used to the other women, it does scale back a bit because it because it's distracting and you can't really feel you don't feel the relationships of the other women or their personalities as much because when somebody is that intense, everybody else kind of pulls back. Well, it speaks to the larger nature of where we are in the franchise overall. Like this isn't this isn't just cameras following socialites around and documenting their lives. These are women who want to be in the spotlight and they're making a television show. So you've always got to keep that in mind. Um, and like I said, like I'm enjoying the show. I'm enjoying the drama. But yeah, is it very produced and like quite contrived for sure? Like they know they're making a TV show. They're they're all i don't know it's yeah it's it's fake but it's good it's good it sounds like i don't like salt lake city but it is fabulous like i am loving it yeah Um, i mean it's like it's it's high energy there's lots of drama and there's definitely room to grow and feel more natural that's that's sort of my first take on it i mean it's hard to have a natural housewives show now like we said it's been 15 years since it all began you know these women have all seen the show i'm sure they applied for it so they know what they're getting themselves in for. It's not like uh, Vicky Gumbleson coming in and shooting like behind the gates or whatever it was called, you know, all those years ago. It's We know what we're getting. So I don't know. I would put it on a lot if I was our wife. Please ask me, Andy Cohen. <laughs> 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 Even though I'm like in a one bedroom, I'm not married and I'm very poor. Well, that's Gina Kirschenheim or yeah, whatever. Exactly, so, hey. exactly. There's room. There's room for me there. <laughs> so who's your favorite on salt lake city you know what i speaking of getting in touch with the ladies i have been in touch with whitney i kind of i'm obsessed with her i know that's like a she's got the most annoying voice of anyone i've ever heard kind of speak like this (laughs) like i think she's nearing 40 and she speaks like a little mouse but i think she's really sweet and kind of genuine i also really like uh what's her name meredith it'll take me a minute to get everyone's names down and meredith is similar she she's very much kind of uh, at the moment holding back but i think she's got some deep ass secrets that we're going to see slowly come out i mean we learned this episode she's separated from her husband I know that is juicy. You know, when I watched that, I was thinking, how does someone make that decision to put that out on TV? Mm-hmm. Like that's a lot. Um, Cause I mean, apparently that the other women don't know or anything, like it's a secret and then they're putting it out on TV, but they're trying to work through the relationship. Um, I hope it's more interesting than watching Robin Dixon and Juan work through oh their God. relationship for five fucking years. But um, yeah, I like started. that. And, Meredith has her little sidekick, her little son, her gay son with his one-liners. So she's bringing a lot. I, this guy, I've been following him on Instagram, Brooks, her 21-year-old son. He is so hot. Like he doesn't look that hot in in motion on video, but in he does a really good still photo. My girlfriend always said, um, she's got a beauty that moves. So she's the opposite. She needs to be, she doesn't take she's not photogenic, but she's really in in real life or on video, she's gorgeous. Brooks is the opposite. Not great looking on film, my personal opinion, but in a photo, that chiseled jawline comes out. He's looking good. 
Yeah, well, he's good with the selfies. He's obviously on the show to build a Instagram profile. I mean, he quit college to come back and film the Real Housewives of Salt Lake Wait, City. You know, quit. he wasn't just taking. Yeah, he well, he took a semester off. It's like, okay, mm. good. I'll take this semester off so I can film a show. And then, you know, how much do you want to bet that he'll conveniently be taking another semester off when season two begins production? I know, and you, but you say that as if we both wouldn't do exactly the same thing. <laughs> oh, I know, 100%. Like, I can't hate on him, of course. Like, why wouldn't he be – if your parents were on The Real Housewives, why wouldn't he be piggybacking off the off of it to try and, you know, he's trying to sell something. I think he's doing, mm. I don't know, probably reselling goods from China at an inflated <laughs> price on his Instagram. He has, like, a clothing line or something now. So He's doing <laughs> the Sonia hustler. Morgan. He's reselling off Wish or whatever it is, Sheen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not a bad idea, honestly. You can make some money. Oh, my God. Speaking of, I just, like, I sent this package back to China that all these clothes that I, I spent, like, $200 on a bunch of clothes that were, you know, when you wake up at 4 a.m. and you're like, oh, my God, you just, like, go online on Facebook and then it leads to online shopping and then you spend your life savings. And then it arrived and it's just absolute fucking junk, like, the fabric was disgusting. It couldn't breathe. It was basically plastic and it was just all wrong, all wrong sizes. It was disgusting. So I sent it back, even though it cost $30 to ship it back. But I was like, I was just so enraged. I was like, how dare you try and sell me this trash? I've never shipped anything back. I don't know how. So when I buy clothes, even like, and it's the wrong size, but it, it's expensive. Like I, I don't know how to send things in the I mail. have only <laughs> just started doing it since I hit my 30s and now I'm all about it. Like I'm all about like justice <laughs> <laughs> when it comes to my online shopping mistakes. I'm like, how dare you take my money and my hard-earned money and think that I'm going to wear this fucking smock. And so I sent it back completely enraged. Didn't even care about the money. I just wanted them to know that this was garbage. Six months later, comes all the way back around. Mum's like, oh, you've got a package. I go to the door. It's the same fucking clothes I sent to China. Enraged all over again. Like fuck oh my, my life! I honestly, well, you've I, got, I rage cried. You've got some nice polyester to wear this summer. Can't deal. Like, <laughs> what is even life? I mean, as if COVID's not enough. Now I have to wear smocks that like make me sweat through my eyeballs. <laughs> um, but I, <laughs> I did want to say about Whitney. I did reach out to her. I'm so ridiculous. Like I just, I, you know, I've been having a week. I had a bit of a cry while watching Welcome to Plathville and like I was rage texting you and then I started crying because I was like, oh my God, what's happening in this world? And then I was watching, uh, I recovered and then I started watching Salt Lake City and I started to cry again because of Whitney's dad's addiction journey. He's had a, well, he has an active addiction to painkillers. I, my listeners know, I had used to be addicted to painkillers as well. I'm assuming it's the same kind of stuff, like opiate painkillers. That's pretty hardcore stuff. So I reached out to her. I'm like, oh my God, I'm like, just wanted to say, like, <laughs> like, why do I do these things? You're so brave. Your dad's so brave for sharing his story. Just let him know. I'm like, <laughs> I just like moved. I don't know. I'm like. I'm PMSing or some shit because I was like, oh, this is so so brave of both of you. It's so nice that you're there for him. 
And she actually wrote back and she was really generous. And she's like, oh my God, it's a hell of a journey. We'll get through it, you guys. I'm like, okay, thank you. Uh, we believe in each other. <laughs> well, you know, I cried in that scene as well. Um, I cried you? over his hair. Yeah, his hair was so bad and it brought tears to my eyes. Also, I've been, I've been in the Salt Lake City DMs as well. I've been in Jen's DMs and some of the others. And I'm actually trying to interview. This is been a journey um i'm trying to interview the girl from episode one that came in and she was like happy birthday oh wait oh, <laughs> <laughs> i'm trying to interview her it's quite difficult um yeah because she's I a got- fucking losty <laughs> I know. I her Instagram is on private. I've requested it. She hasn't approved me. I've you know What's her I, name? I mess Sarah mm. and I message with Heather and then Heather is like texting her to <laughs> like cut so it's I'm trying guys. That so maybe we'll girl, get that big bombshell interview. <laughs> I mean, please, honestly, I would die a thousand deaths if you got that interview because this girl I mean, I did a little article um, for Taste of Reality last week after the initial Salt Lake City episode of my top 10 moments. And that girl walking in, getting the birthday girl's name wrong, just the look of utter confusion on her face. That was almost one of the best moments of the episode for me. She made the cut. I just love her. So please, if you can have her on, I would die oh, happy. I'm trying. Surely she'll be, I'm sure she'll be back on at another party or something. That can't be the only time we see her. No, she was iconic. <laughs> <laughs> but what about, I mean, yes, Whitney's dad's hair is a situation, but then to learn that he's a hairdresser, Oh, I know. But that's why it's so bad because because I, I was watching it with my housemate and my housemate was like, is that a wig? And I'm like, no, I think it's his real hair. And he's just, he, you know, that hair probably worked when he was 30, but he's like in his 60s now. Yeah, it's very um, upsetting. And he hasn't updated, you know, it's so obviously dyed. It's so dark. That happens to me when I, because I have black hair, I get my hair dyed and when I go in I always say can you do it like a dark brown not a jet black because I don't want to look like I have this fucking dyed pitch black mop on my head and sometimes it's even with the dark brown shade it still can be too much so it's not good oh what would you do if you go to the hairdressers you want to get your hair done and he fucking strolls out with that (laughs) (laughs) with that bat on his head oh I would just turn and run bat I I mean I've had, yeah, look, I've had hairdressers that have had terrible hair before. It's almost like, you know, there was this guy, he's one of the leads. I think he might have like invented Botox. I don't know, just made that up. But he like had, his face looked insane because he like would inject it and practice and try all the things out on himself. So he looked like, well, like a, like a Jen Shah, basically, like fully <laughs> fucked up. Please, if you're listening, I'm so sorry. It's just a joke. And I'm sorry, Jay. <laughs> but um, he looked insane. But all of his patients, like, their work looked flawless. So maybe it's one of those situations where he's just been testing out some colours. But, yeah, it's it's yeah. not good. Let's get to the piece de resistance uh, of, the, of the series. Freaking Mary. Mary M. (laughs) Cosby, my Lord, we've got a lot to talk about, about this uh, gal about town. Honestly, first things first, obviously married to her grandfather. Now, 
that's something that you really shouldn't skim over, but there is so much to cover about this bitch that we're going to go deep. She is rumored to be uh, kind of like a cult leader. So she's she calls herself the first lady of her church, but All About the Tea alleges that the bishop, which is her now husband slash grandfather, manipulated the churchgoers into accepting his union with his step-granddaughter. Also, in doing so, they banished Mary's ex-husband from the church. And there's also rumours, I'm going to go layer it up, that... uh, I don't even know how to say this, <laughs> that he killed his wife so that he could marry Mary. I mean, these are all massive fucking rumours. Even if, like, the tip of the iceberg was true, who is this woman and why is she on a Bravo show? Well, you know, there's also, they, they say that she... um they took money from the church. What are the parishioners or church? I don't know what the terminology is. I've never been to church in my life, but they took the donations and she ran off for like three years and had a plastic surgery makeover as well. Yes. So apparently <laughs> this, this surgery that she's, that's traumatized her so much about her odor glands, which I've never heard um, the term odor glands said so many times in a row, let alone on a housewives show. But um, apparently that she that whole month that she she says she was uh, terrorized in hospital and tra- traumatized, uh, she was actually getting like a full body, full face transplant, basically. <laughs> oh. Well, is it, and isn't her church called the People's Temple or something? Isn't that the same name as like the Jonestown Massacre, like Jim Jones? Well, it's called, <laughs> it's, hang on, I have it here somewhere. It's like Faith. Maybe it's Faith oh, Temple. Faith Temple. <laughs> but, <laughs> I'm thinking you know, of the Jonestown Massacre. It's close enough for discomfort. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not, uh, I'm worried you know, with, about her. With Mary, so first of all, I will say that she seems insane and I enjoy it because she seems authentically insane. And when you yes. stack her up next to someone like Jen Shah, who, again, I do need to put this disclaimer, I do like Jen. I just don't want her to act over the top. If she acted normal, I'd be a big fan. But anyway, I like the genuine crazy from Mary. I also have to say with Mary that, um, look, I don't know what's true and what's not true. Obviously, these are things on blogs. They could be exaggerated. They could be lies. That We don't know that. But with that said, I have a certain amount of sympathy and empathy for her because it's like from a young age, she was like promised to her grandfather or something. So this is someone who grew up in a fucked up environment. Like this isn't, it's not a normal environment to grow up in where your grandma promises you to her husband when she (laughs) dies, you know, like, so I think when we look at it from that perspective, whether or not she is also a horrible person and steals money from the church to get nose jobs and stuff, I don't know. But I do have um, empathy for her. Like, come on. Like, how could you not be crazy if this is the environment that you grew up in? Oh, look, so many thoughts. So many thoughts. I Look, yes, <laughs> I have to start by saying, yeah, true. Like, similar to, like, the Leanne Lockins of the world, if you are raised in an environment, you know, where 
your family are insane and traumatize you or carnies or whatever, um, yeah, you're going to turn out a little bit wackadoo. But the same token, I mean, there's got to be a limit. (laughs) I know. And you know what's funny is that so far on the show, she's almost been cast as like the comic relief. They give her these, she's always doing wacky, funny facial expressions and she dresses Mm. in absurd outfits. In a loofah. Yeah, in a loofah. And it's like their comic relief character is someone that, has all this darkness that could be the most so, evil person ever cast on Bravo. I um, think she very well could be. Like, she is a horrifying person. Even just her apology to Jen was insane. I mean, I enjoyed watching it, but she was just like, she's just I, so wild. I was actually on her side, though, because I'm like, oh, who cares what? if she said you smelled like a hospital? Maybe you did and she didn't like the smell. Like, I felt like <laughs> Jen blew it up too much. No! I'm like, yeah, you did You did smell like a fucking hospital and You next? can't, you can't, no, come on, because <laughs> saying someone smells like a hospital means they smell like death. That's what hospital smells like. It's like... It's that kind of, uh, what's it, that hand sanitizer smell that's covering the stench of decay. That's what she's saying her grandmother, who had her legs amputated, <laughs> smelled like. <laughs> I mean, look, but if she, it sounds like she did smell like one. So oh Mary's my... very unfiltered, you know. She says what's on her mind that and we love doesn't make that. it okay. It's like, well, she did smell like Anna. <laughs> I'm a Mary Stan. Oh my God. (laughs) Don't even. I'm trying to find my notes about this whole. Oh, here we go. So, one, the the other thing, and I just touched on it there, is that they had her grandmother exhumed um, after after the granddaughter, after the daughter of the. Freaking hell. This is so complex. The grandmother of Mary was exhumed after Mary's aunt, the daughter of the grandmother, was suspected, uh, the father, stepfather was suspected of killing the grandmother. Did that make sense? Yes, did- it did. Good. It's okay. fucking insane. Now, WTF, I've shared the story on the Facebook group, just Google uh, Reality TV and me in your groups on, on Facey, but yeah, Basically, um, Rosemary is is the grandmother's name, was exhumed after her daughter accused her stepfather of killing her. (gasps) So, I mean, look, nothing came up of it. They they found that she had a heart attack, which, I mean, speaking from knowing nothing about anything, that faking... Faking heart failure is probably one of the, if you're going to kill somebody, it's probably going to look like heart failure. It may have been induced. It may have um, been induced, <laughs> yeah. That's, that's where I was trying to head with that, yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know what? And I've got to say, actually, I'll say something in defense of Jen Shah. So there's a lot of previews in episodes coming up. I actually just saw one right before we started recording for like episode four and Jen Shah was being completely over the top and screaming about Mary and everything. And... Yeah, there's the one part of me that's like, girl, turn it down. You don't need to be so extra for TV. But then it's also like maybe Jen Shah just knows all tea on Mary. And mm. she's like, why the fuck are we filming with Mary? Why are you talking to Mary? Why are people being friends with Mary? This woman is insane. And maybe mm. that can explain some of Jen's over-the-top behaviour. So Yeah, and, and she wouldn't be alone. I mean, apparently as all this was going down, you know, 
as the the grandmother was exhumed, which is like, why are we talking about this while we're talking about freaking housewives? Like, that's insane shit. This isn't like cult talk podcast. This is real shit. Yeah, apparently half the congregation left the church when Mary married her grandfather. So that can't have been... I mean, they kind of said it like it was an okay thing that people do. And me not knowing much about this religion or Utah or Mormonism in general, I was like, oh, yeah, okay, that's fucking weird. But maybe that's something they do. I don't, that reaction doesn't seem like something <laughs> people are okay with. I know. And you know what is kind of funny about this is that when, right before Salt Lake City was premiering and then OC was coming out, you know, we've talked, I've talked a lot about the OC boycott. People like, I'm not watching OC. It's too problematic. And then it's like, oh, well, welcome to Mary on Salt Lake City. You know, yeah. what Mary's done is so much worse than anything Kelly Dodd has done. So enjoy I know. that. I know. You... <laughs> like, come on. Yeah. Come I just on. think it's so funny. The people that were like boycotting OC allowed now watching Salt Lake City with Mary Cosby, who may have fucking being a murderous cult leader a <laughs> scammer um it's just it's just complete exactly. insanity and you know that really pales in comparison to kelly dodd sort of being ignorant and um you know racist offensive whatever we want to list kelly dodd as <laughs> mary yeah, cosby's exactly, is worse exactly. mary cosby is worse um i'm just going to take a pause to let the cats in my room because they're scratching and being real assholes hang on so a little bit of maths AU goss for, I know a few of my listeners were really into uh, following the Married at First Sight season that we just had both in Australia and in the States, season seven. And Jacques would always say, go back and listen, go back and watch season six as well. That was your favorite season, wasn't it? Yes. Best one of the best seasons in reality TV history. <laughs> well, Season eight has been announced with a celebrity twist. I say celebrity in inverted commas because I've never heard of any of these people, but they've got like a famous radio host. These are within the realms of Australia. I'm saying famous again, in inverted commas. They've got a theater actor, uh, the lead singer of a of a metal band that apparently is quite popular within her state. <laughs> so we're getting smaller <laughs> and smaller. <laughs> And a presenter. Do you know any of these uh, hashtag famous people? I don't know them. And, you know, one thing that the media does do, I mean, they're not really celebrities. They're people that work in the lower levels of the entertainment industry and, you know, various aspects. And every year with these reality shows, Australian media does this constantly um, because we're so behind. There's always stories, um, you know, are they actors? And then they find out someone did, you know, a commercial like five years ago or something. (laughs) Are they, is the cast secret actors? Is the show fake? Like most of it's just media stuff. The fact is that most people that end up on these shows have done some kind of, um, entertainment work even if it's like as small as being you know an aspiring model at some point in their life um and you know I actually think that's it's a good casting because people do complain like we want real people on the show but it's like it's quite hard to be super open on camera um and be confident and be able to put all that out there so I actually think people that have a little bit of industry experience are at an advantage because they're just very comfortable instantly in that environment 
I agree. And we saw that in the American season just past. Uh, we had Karen, who was married to Miles. And they're still together. They're still going strong. But, you know, this season of Married at First Sight uh, US... It was twice as long as any of the seasons before. So usually they're eight weeks. They doubled it because of coronavirus. So these people are stuck together for an extra eight weeks. And she was still only just opening up toward the end of the 16-week mark. Like she was very, very slow to open up. And she even admitted, you know, yes, she'd had troubled relationships in the past that scared her. Obviously, that's going to take more time. But she's applied for the show, so she's opening her heart, blah, blah, blah. The other aspect of that is uh, that she admitted to the cameras it, she was very uncomfortable having them around. She hadn't prepared, she hadn't been prepared for that properly mentally, I suppose. And if you've never done any media training before, if you've never been in the public eye before, uh, it's going to be daunting. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm looking forward to the season. I mean, last season was awful. I was recapping it with you and I actually gave up at the end. I'm like, I can't watch yeah. this show anymore. Like, I can't get through another episode for a recap. So I'm hoping that they've <laughs> turned things around a bit. You got so grumpy toward the end. You're oh. like, oh, why are we still here? I know. I just <laughs> Australian reality TV is just not very good at the moment. The Australian Bachelor is the same. I'm obsessed with the American Bachelor. I tried to watch the recent season of the Aussie one and I lasted one episode. I'm like, I can't fucking do this. <laughs> Yeah, no, not for me. I'm much more into, well, I was into the American one, but it's been a few years. Let's get into a little bit of Potomac, uh, episode 16, Picking Sides. They're still in Portugal. And look, the last episode was a little bit of, I don't know, there wasn't much going on for me. I want to get your take on Wendy Miss Four Degrees, named after the Wendy's franchise. Are you um, no, I despise her. I just think she's <laughs> she's just such an insecure elitist. Um, you know, I've criticized her for the way that she brings up her education all the time. And some people have sort of attacked me and they're like, you know, she, you know, she should be proud of her education. Why are you bringing a woman down? Like blah, blah, blah. And it's like, yeah, there's a difference between being proud of your achievements and, you know, brandishing it as a weapon to put other people down and to attack people and belittle people, which is what she does. And also, okay. Are you that smart if you have four degrees in America, which is probably, I've read that she's $1.5 million in debt or something. And Oof. I'm sure that half those degrees, if probably three out of four of those degrees, she can't even use honestly as a job. Um, you know, having higher education doesn't make you better than anybody else. That's what Wendy seems to believe that, you know, and Candace is, I think Candace is the same um, in many regards and I'm not surprised that those two are friends um yeah not a fan of her at all with that said I do think she's a good addition on the show like I think she's good on the show I don't like her but I can recognize if someone is good in the cast and and fits in and has things to bring to the table which I think that um Wendy does so yeah she, she's I don't see that you know I'm oh do you, what do you what did she bring in like I don't um, know more babies like you know me and the kids situation and then we had Candace this week talking about she's gonna want to be I'm so fucking done with the babies and the pumping and the breastfeed I'm I'm a feminist but get off my fucking TV with your babies no I'm <laughs> I'm fine with baby Sorry. stuff I mean it is housewives like 
So you do want to have a family aspect. Um, I'm fine with baby stuff. You know, even her, like the stuff about her education, like it's awful, but it's funny, like that it's Mm. sort of become a thing that, um, yeah, I don't know. She's over the, like, she's clearly very over the top. She's really thirsty. I mean, she's on there for Mm. a media career. That's what, uh, that's what cable news is as well. Like, she acts like she's some big intellectual because she's going on cable news. That's a TV job. Like I work in media going on the news to argue with people on CNN or Fox news or whatever sky news, whatever it is. Like that's just show business. Like she just wants to be in front of a camera. Um, She's here for her media career. Like everyone else on the show is Uh, I, yeah, I think she's entertaining. I don't know. Well, do I think she's entertaining? I hate her, but I guess it's good because I get you. What you want from a housewife is people to have like strong reactions to you. So I have a strong negative reaction. So to me, that tells me that it's good casting. Like Robin, who I do actually like, I kind of like, I don't hate Robin, but I don't have a lot of reaction to Robin. You know, I do feel like Robin could be a friend of, um, and you know, I actually am someone who defends a lot of the the housewives that people would call filler or the voice of reason or the calm one. Like I love like Eileen Davidson on Beverly Hills is one of my all time faves. Um, yeah, absolutely (laughs) love her. You know, I loved Cynthia on Atlanta for, I mean, I'm sort of done with Cynthia at this point, but I was always a big Cynthia fan for a long time. So it's not that I need every housewife to just be constant drama, but with Robin at this point, it's literally been like five seasons of the same storyline with Juan and, um, Mm -hmm. You know, I don't think that she, I do think she's sort of likable, but I feel like, yeah, she should be like a friend. She should be like a Marlo Hampton or something. She doesn't really need to be full time. Yeah, the best thing that Robin, the most interesting thing Robin's ever done in five series, five seasons is uh, cutting Karen out of her website because she's old. I mean, (laughs) poor Karen. I mean, well, you know, what's funny about that is that Karen's the most popular cast member by far. So if anyone's going to sell your ugly mm-hmm. fucking truck stop hats, it's going to be Karen. Um, Karen was the only one that was actually modeling the hats. Like she made it about the hat. Everyone else yeah. made it about themselves, like trying to look like, you know, a model. Karen actually made it about the hat. So I felt like some of Karen's photos were the best. Um, you know, Robin knows what she's doing, though. She's reaching. She is... I mean, these women, they do what I love about Patone because they all do try to stir things up. They're really good at it. That's what Robin's doing. You know, she tried it and she's probably going to get her ass dragged by Karen because really you can't come for Karen. Like Karen will read you up and down. Like Karen's the queen of that. Wendy's, you know, Wendy tried and Wendy just got Mm -hmm. her fucking ass dragged up and down the street by Karen, which was incredible. It was worth watching a whole season of Wendy brag about her degrees to watch Karen shut her down. So I look forward to seeing Karen take Robin to task. That will be fun to watch. Karen is the love of my life, honestly. I can't get enough of her and her beautiful tan clitoris. Don't. I don't want to picture that. I was like, oh. But, you know, I feel like Karen is the new Nini. I feel like we got rid of Nini and it's like Karen is the of the evolved early version. Early days. Because, early days yeah, of Nini. No, I mean it as a compliment in the fact that, like, Nini was actually a horrible person, like unlikable, but she was so funny that you kind of had yeah. to like give it up to her for the the shade and the confessionals and stuff. Whereas Karen is like giving us those gifable moments that Nini gave us, but in the package of someone who's a nice person that we like to watch mm. and is aspirational and 
just isn't the devil like Nini. So I love the it. Devil. And I love that Bravo for years pushed Giselle as like the face of Potomac. And it's like, no, the people have crowned Karen the queen. So mm-hmm. keep trying to push Giselle because we love Karen. <laughs> Finally in Potomac, I just want to get your take. What do you think Ashley's intentions are in writing her statement against Candace's character? Is this to help or just to get back? Um, I do think she owes Monique a favour. Uh, so, you know, if people that are watching, so basically um, Monique and Candace got into a brawl. Uh, Ashley's writing a statement against Candace, um, I guess like a, char- a character statement that's mm. negative on Candace. Um, the theory is that Ashley is doing it because Monique destroyed footage of Ashley's husband, Michael, groping somebody, a cameraman. So Mm. she made those charges go away. I don't know. Um, Ashley seems very loyal. I think Ashley can keep a secret. They've said that. Um, You know, I interviewed Ashley at the start of the season for my day job and I asked her about being Team Monique and she was like, I am Team Monique. She can count on me. I am all about it. You know, Candace is a horrible person. So I don't know. I don't know what the intention is. I think whatever was written on there is the truth. She's not lying. Um, so I don't think it even matters what the intention is behind it. Candace is someone that likes to go around pushing people's buttons and she thinks that there will be no repercussions for that. And bingo, there are like, now it's all, it's, it's all coming back. You know, she tries to act like, what she did to Monique with the fight that they had was like some one-off. It's like, no, you've really been pushing people and getting them out of character um, for a long time. And now I'm glad that it's coming back to her. I think she deserves, I think she's horrible. I think she's great for the show, but I think she's awful. And I really just don't, I don't like the way that she tries to find people's weak spots um, and gets them to fall to pieces and then like, you know, plays the victim when it blows back at her. 100%. And Robin just, Robin just said it so well over dinner and so kind of off the cuff. And she's like, well, talking about how Candace just tweets this aggressive shit constantly at everyone. Robin's like, yeah, that's just a character flaw. (laughs) (laughs) I know. And Candace is like, "Uh?" (laughs) she can't help us. She just can't help herself. And I actually, that is one thing that I kind of appreciate about her. I sort of enjoy that she, um, that she will go to a such a I like that she'll go to such a dark place and that she'll just she crosses the line because it's good TV. But with that said, you know you can't do that and then play the victim and think that no one's going to like clap back at you because they will and they have. One hundred percent. Let's move on to our fave Real Housewives of OC. So any of the boycotters, look, switch off now. But I highly recommend listening through our recap because. You might be swayed to watch if you're not already. <sighs> Look, I am obs- I'm, I'm obsessed with Kelly. I'm a huge Kelly stan. I know I'm not supposed to say that. Doesn't mean that I believe in the ignorant comments that she says or the horrible things she's done. And we'll go into some of that in the the some of what she's done in this latest episode. Yeah, she kind of pushes the boundaries. Yes, she's been known to be ignorant and racist and a COVID denier. Again, like we said at the top of the show, 
I watch these shows to laugh at these women and be shocked by them and appalled by them. The Marys of the world. I mean, <laughs> that is a trash human. Monique dragging Candace by the hair for a good 30 seconds. Trash human. I mean, this has been going on way before Kelly Dodd got on the mic and started fucking shit up. So... I don't I know. I think too. it's a. I yeah. We love her. I don't. I don't really get on the like holier than thou bandwagon for boycotting these shows. Um, I understand if you're not into it and if it's a little too close to home. With you know, I think we are lucky, Jack, in that we have distance because we're in Australia. We're not seeing people like this on a daily basis. That you know, are boycotting wearing masks in public. That's really serious. Yeah, that's so a good maybe point. that makes it a little bit harder to tolerate um, on your screens. But for me, it's fantasy, so I enjoy it. Yeah, for sure. Look, I've I've never had a problem with the fact that. People want to boycott it. My issue was um, the boycott is judging others for choosing to watch it. That was my whole mm. thing. If you want to just sort of respectfully boycott it and you have your own reasons or you don't feel like it's something you want to, re- you know, support, that's fine. But I just felt like a lot of people got on their high horse. And like I said, then they're going and watching Mary Cosby <laughs> on Salt Lake City. Who's mm. worse? You know, who is worse? So I love my Marys, my Kellys, my Ramonas. I think they're great TV. Um, Kelly is bringing it with i mean she started off slow which was again funny because she hasn't been in really any drama for the first few episodes and that was just funny because she's been the center of controversy online but now it's the the old kelly that we know is starting to come out so she's attacking shannon for apparently copying her business her beverage (laughs) business and then she is yeah (laughs) and she's waving tequila around in front of Bronwyn who's trying to get sober I have thoughts on this and I want to get your thoughts because obviously you have addiction background so I guess I want to know how you feel about um Bronwyn getting sober and what the expectations should be around a sober person and if did Kelly was Kelly in the right can she drink as much tequila around Bronwyn as she wants or should she be more respectful I, look, I'm an evil person. I belong on the cast with these evil bitches because I thought that was fucking hilarious. It was like the most evil shit you could do. I don't think there's, you know, if you're having a party and it's not like a like teetotal event or whatever, just, you know, have alcohol. I don't think they needed to worry about the tequila, drink fucking vodka, drink wine, you know. That's fine. If somebody came up to me and started waving an oxy in my face, I would be like, all right, like, I get it. I'm fucking triggered, bitch, on my wedding day, vow renewal, whatever. Like, it would be rough. So Kelly knew what she was doing, carrying that little box of tequila under her arm and be like, oh, I didn't know. This was your trigger. When we just saw that she got informed minutes earlier, she knew what she was doing. In saying that, Kelly saying to the camera, I'm not a quitter, was fucking funny. If Like real life. I'm looking at this objectively real life. Yeah, horrible thing to do. Really bitchy and unnecessary. Like like I said, drink something else. Uh, if you want to get drunk, there's still booze there. But for TV, I loved it. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I felt 
the way that I felt about it was I think, I don't think Kelly wanted to attack Bronwyn specifically. I think she just wanted to make a point about I'm not changing my lifestyle for mm. to tiptoe around somebody else. I actually don't think it was specifically I'm trying to get you, Bronwyn. It was just like, I'm not changing for anybody. I mean, she kind of has that whole Fox News mm-hmm. thing. I'm not wearing a mask. I'll do what I want. I have my freedom. Like she's sort of really yeah. into that at the moment. So I think that's where it came from. And in terms of like, should she be allowed to drink around Bronwyn? The way that I feel about this is, look, if you're a, tr- a real friend of Bronwyn, like a genuine friend, respectfully, you wouldn't drink around her at this point. You would be more mindful. But then the thing is as well, these women aren't all like besties in real life. They're co-workers. Mm-hmm. It's basically they're showing up to film at like a work function. So, um, you know, Kelly doesn't owe Bronwyn anything. I guess for Bronwyn, she could see how people behaved in this situation and she could just make a mental note of, okay, like Gina, because Gina went out of her way not to drink and was like, I've got your back, I'm being sober. So, and that's a nice thing to do. So I guess Bronwyn can make a mental note of, okay, Gina's my girl, like I can rely yeah. on Gina. Um, as far as Kelly and, you know, Shannon was drinking there too. Uh, yeah. They're co-workers and acquaintances, but, you know, am I going to call them a friend? Not really. So that's how I kind of felt. And, yeah, it was fucking yeah. funny that Kelly did it. I mean, only Kelly would do that. And I actually like the way that Kelly went about it more than Shannon because Shannon's so passive-aggressive. Like, yeah. Shannon's still kind of doing the same thing, but she's trying to act like, you know, I'm being discreet. It's like, oh, exactly. you're kind of still doing it. I know. I would actually argue as well that Shannon, act, the way Shannon does it, it's actually more aimed at, like, she does want to upset Bronwyn, whereas with Kelly, I just think that Kelly is just trying to make a point about, you know, I'm not changing. Kelly's just being Kelly. Yep. But Shannon was being a real see you next Tuesday. Yeah. Yep. And, and, and she... She's so threatened by Bronwyn and and the new girl as well, Elizabeth. Oh yeah, and she she's just so like yeah, passive aggressive and nasty about it, and you can just read it all over her face. She's just but, a horrible person. I find her to be the worst person on the show. I just are don't you enjoying like her at watching all. her? Because I still enjoy watching her despite her being awful. Um. I've said for a while, so I've always, I've never liked Shannon, not even from her first season, but for many years, I always sort of defended her going, I don't like her, but she's good on the show. So um, at this point, I don't know. I really didn't enjoy her last year. Um, mm. I I mean, I'm loving the whole season. Yeah. I do think we need yeah. Tamara back. So I don't know, but Shannon is another one. Like she's a caricature of herself. Like she's not being herself. Like when she screams in her confessionals, she talks in that pitch voice, like her voice is on a roller coaster yeah. going up and peaking. That's, that's fake. Like that's not real. She doesn't actually talk like that. And she uses her hands, which Kelly and Emily mocked, which is really <laughs> funny. She does the thing with her hands. It's, that's not authentic. Like she's being fake. So, you know, yeah. I think, I think with Shannon Keeper on for next season, because I have a feeling Tamara will probably be back. I want to see Tamara f- take care of Shannon. Um, and then I'm done, I'm done with Shannon forever after that. I don't need Tamara back. I know you stand her, but I just, I have, I've felt a sense of relief not having her this season and still loved it and loved the drama. I just, I, I'm good. I will say that when the show started, I'm like, wow, they really need Tamara. Um, 
And as it's gone on, I'm enjoying not having the presence of Tamara and Vicky so other things can happen. But I feel like it's in a good way where it's like, okay, we rested Tamara for a season and we got to have some different things happen and different dynamics in the group. And now we can bring her back for one more season to like throw her back in the mix and it'll be quite dramatic. Um, So that's kind of how I feel about that. And come on, they have flashed to Tamara literally in every single episode, which is, I don't think I've ever seen that happen. It's been six episodes and she's been mentioned every episode. Like that's but never happened before. But I think that's what I can take from her, like just a 10 second little <laughs> snippet and, and just like, and I'm good. I don't need this. I don't need the screaming. I like, I love a screamer in these shows, but she's just exhausted herself for me. And to be honest, she seems like a happier person not doing the show. I think she is. Yeah, I talked to her and I think she mm-hmm. is enjoying the time away. And she's honestly not watching it. I know that a lot of um, housewives, when they leave, they go, yeah, oh, I haven't watched it. And you can tell that they have been watching it, like Lisa Vanderpump or something. But yeah, um, she's really not watching it. So I don't know. But, I, yeah, I want her to come back. As far as Vicky goes, I think that it was definitely time to get rid of Vicky. I think they actually oh, they yeah. kept Vicky on too long, if anything. Far um, too long. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Although I would like to see I would like to see Vicky come in for a guest spot. I'd love to see Vicky pop up at a party. Like, that would be fun, like a Gina Keogh-style cameo of, you know, oh, we went to a barbecue and Vicky's there. Like, that would be cute for one scene, but we don't need her on us. It would make me too sad because <laughs> she would just be trying so hard to get the camera and to try and claw her way back into Andy Cohen's pants. It would just she be would. too depressing. <laughs> That's a good Speaking point. Speaking of Vicky, um, I, I just saw that her daughter announced that she's having another baby. Is she? I didn't know that. Yeah. Is Brianna pregnant again? She's either pregnant or like in labor. Oh. There was a photo of her in hospital holding her belly, but it was front on. And she's lost so much weight that you couldn't even really see the bump. But I think there was a baby in there. Well, she's <laughs> then, on the keto then- diet now and she's like a big keto person. I think she's got her own mm. Instagram page for, for keto. So I love Oh my Brianna. God, I need to get on that. I've just started doing keto because <laughs> I got obese over Sorry. I'm not a I'm not a fan of it. I think it does I work, but I don't it. think it's I don't think it's healthy. But I think it is good for people no. that want to lose weight quickly. But I don't think it's That's good me. for a sustainable <laughs> for a sustainable lifestyle. Although you get in trouble if you say that. I remember that um, Jillian Michaels from The Biggest Loser came out and criticized the keto diet and the level of backlash she got because people are obsessed with it. My mum does it mm. too, so I'm like, guys, anyone listening, I'm sorry if we triggered you by trashing the keto diet don't turn the podcast <laughs> off said, we've said a lot worse <laughs> i bet we'll offend people more for criticizing keto well than you know i find it really t- hard <laughs> i find it hard because i've gone from being vegan like that my my life is mostly vegan to now being keto where you basically only eat animal products and it's really tough because the I like the taste of meat, but the mental game, you know, I look after animal rescues yep. and stuff like that. It's really hard, but at the same token, I am losing weight. So now I'm like, oh, <laughs> to save a life or to be skinny. I know. I have that dilemma. dilemma too. I've wanted to go vegetarian for a really long time um, because of the animal cruelty factor. Yeah. Um, I just can't do it. It's love meat. <laughs> but honestly, like I've never looked better. So... <laughs> <laughs> Let's get into a little bit more about uh, Bronwyn's story. You mentioned Tamra. What the fuck is this shit about 
uh, Bronwyn's mum reaching out to Tamara about her drinking. Did I she think... go into that at all at your interview? Um, yeah, she did. She said it was harmless that she had just chatted to Dr. Deb a little bit and I think it kind of got bl- blown out of proportion. But, I mean, I think Tamara knows what's going on at all times and I think that Dr. Deb is somebody that um, – is just, you know, Dr. Deb loves being on the show more than Bronwyn. Like I've never mm. seen someone thirstier than Dr. Deb. So, you know, it doesn't surprise me that Dr. Deb's in the DMs of, you know, I'm sure she talks to Vicky and a bunch of others too. Uh, yeah. How awful is Dr. Deb? She's the, she's she's disgusting. the worst. And I will say when she said to Bronwyn, even when I saw it in the preview of last week, when she's like, well, you're not as fun when you're not drinking. I felt Broadwin's pain on a deep emotional level because that is your biggest fear one of your biggest fears when you're getting sober or getting clean or whatever like that people just won't like you or that you'll be boring and of course it's not the case because you know you're not a drunken fucking fool anymore or an asshole or whatever but that is a fear genuine fear that that you know, we have as addicts and we're getting, we're changing our lifestyle. And for your mum to say that, like, that is so nasty. No wonder she's so fucked up. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, growing up with that mum. And it's funny because I think people see Dr. Deb in her, you know, Burning Man attire and they think of her as some earthy hippie. And it's like, no, she's your typical OC spoiled rich housewife that is just trying to get attention. She's like a millionaire and she's just critical and mm. is a narcissist and an attention seeker. She's just, I just think she's horrible. She is fun television to like pop in from time to time, but she just seems like a horrible person. And yeah. what do you think of Bronwyn? Because I don't, I enjoy Bronwyn on the show, but I just think she's such a complete train wreck as well. Like, and she has a lot of fans and, um, and I also, I think she has a bit of a holier than thou attitude. You know, I think that she, because she's sort of like the one, the one non Trump supporter or whatever in OC, she thinks she has some moral high ground over everybody else. It's like, girl, like you're a mess. I texted you this, this week when we were watching it, she is the type of, (laughs) <laughs> this is so she's the type of addict I fucking hate and I said this to you I'm like she gives addicts a bad name as, as if we have like a fucking good name out there anyway <laughs> but her she, she reminds me of Lala in Vanderpump Rules where you know getting sober is is just another way of being holier than thou and and same with um Luann who is I don't we don't know if she's not an addict in the same way but it's just narcissism like yeah I have been to meetings and you see the people who want to speak every week because they want to be heard and seen it's the only time in their life that they feel important that's I'm sure what Bronwyn's like in a meeting. Like you, she would be sharing, and she would just be. It, it, um, what did Sonia say about Luann? Like she's performing, she's telling a story every time she goes to a meeting. Those people aren't interested in healing; they're interested in in appearing better than you, or because they've because they've beat this demon. It's like, well, you've still. Got, you're still haunted, babe. Like you've still got a lot of shit to clear out of the closet. Just be like the first symptom that you have to attack is the active addiction. But you've got seven kids that you had to stop yourself from drinking. That's some fucked up shit. And them hearing that, that's going to fuck them up. So you got some things to sort out, girl. 
Yeah, that's a really interesting perspective. I totally agree. I mean, I'm glad that she's getting sober because I do think she needed, like, from the behavior that they described that she was doing while drinking and stuff, it was like, wow, mm. you really do need to get sober. But with the, the type of person she is, I, I'm totally on the same page as you. Yeah, and I'm shocked to hear that she has so many fans, although I'm not because she does perform. She does. Up- like you know, she kind of leans into all of the narratives that she know is gonna that she knows is going to get her uh, attention and popularity. Hundred like percent. Having this um, drag queen oh, uh, as her celebrant. And- that was so cringe. Like, oh girl, we get it. You're like progressive and open minded. You have a drag queen at your vow renewal, which she she shouldn't even be. Why is she having a vow renewal right as she's trying to get sober and her marriage is going through pro- problems? Like they. They uh, they had separated like just last season or whatever, and then we're seeing reports that they could be in an open marriage or that I've heard rumors that Bronwyn's seeing another woman. Like, there's all this stuff going mm, on. It's like around the ether. Yeah. Now what? Now's the time to get a vow renewal. And again, I just feel like her doing that one. It's storyline, and two. It's also like, I think she wants to be like, look how progressive and open our marriage is. We're not, you know, we're not yeah. traditional. Look at us. It's like, okay, girl, like we get it. Here's the attention Also, you like nobody cares. I know, yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, let's talk about the, her son's speech at the wedding. Oh, about my the 12 God. About the 12-year-old. What the act? Like, okay, obviously he thought he was trying to, like, was he trying to be funny? Because then he follows it up with, like, that's not funny. So he <laughs> said, what he said was, so the celebrant gave all the children an opportunity to, I guess, do their own kind of vows, vows, and he says some weird shit about her stealing their father's money and running away. Will you still love mom when, if she, if she does that? And then he goes, will you vow to love dad when he runs away with a 12-year-old American model? I know. That and was... everybody just went, silent i know look i do think he's like he's young i don't know how old he is but he thought he was being funny um he obviously wasn't but can you imagine how mortified you would be as like you would be embarrassed without cameras there if your kid Mm -hmm. did that then thinking um i've got bravo tv cameras and you made a joke about your dad being a pedophile like national television like obviously no i'm not gonna still love my my husband if he you know is involved in statutory rape (laughs) sorry that was my love is unconditional but like i mean that is next level no this kid he he maybe he needs to take a note out of brooks's book um from what's the name meredith's son in salt lake city like he needs to scale it down just a notch because it's not cute and it's not charming. I know. Um, you know, we had this whole thing last week about his uh, exploration to drag. Uh, you mentioned it on your podcast at the moment that Kelly just sort of dragged him for that. And she's like, so is he doing it for attention or what? <laughs> <laughs> I know. Yeah, I I really went into that in my podcast. I was defending him, by the way. I wasn't. But I did a very nuanced take of that. Um, but, yeah, he there's a lot of it. I don't know, attention seeking from him. I hope he's, but how could you not coming from the the line of Dr. Mm -hmm. Deb and, um, and Braun one. So it's just, you know, passed down from generation to generation. And also just having to compete with having six siblings. Oh, that's a good point. You know, that alone. So look, no wonder he's, 
he is vying for attention. I have no problem with him dressing up in drag or walking down the street like I was going to say buck naked, but again, that's an issue for the statutory situation. (laughs) So like he can do whatever he wants, but there is definitely a huge aspect of attention seeking with him. And I mean, can relate. (laughs) I know. This is actually though why Bronwyn is a really good housewife because there is so much there and there's Mm -hmm. so much to analyze. Um, And, you know, I still... I still haven't even gotten, I feel like there's so much more to find out about Bronwyn too. As So I think that she's going to be on the show for quite a while because there's a lot there. Yeah, she's definitely in uh, an onion to yeah. unravel. Do you like Look, um, Elizabeth? Sorry to cut in, but what do you think yeah, of Elizabeth? I do. I I find that she's kind of got this like butch attitude, which <laughs> I like. We don't get that much in Housewives. That's true. Um, they, yeah, and, you know, her storyline with her sister being a heroin addict, um, that coming from, like, a real dark place and real tragedy compared to Bronwyn, who is a, a bored, rich housewife who started drinking out of privilege. I mean, yep. I, like, that's, I've just really stripped it back and been, like, that's <laughs> a real kind of cunty thing to say. No, There's a lot on. going on there, but that's what I see. I, I like her layers. I'm intrigued by this relationship, she this sexless relationship she's having with Jimmy um, and the fact that she is seems to be going about, like, having a kid, but then he doesn't want kids. I think she's got layers that we're going to unravel as well and that's going to be fun. I know, because I feel, I mean, I love her so far and I, I find her entertaining and extremely likable, but there's something missing there. And I know that there's a lot to dig into there. We haven't really seen it yet. We're sort of scratching the surface and I'm waiting. And I hope that she's not a one season wonder because I feel like if they keep her on the show for longer, we're going to find out a lot about her and see other sides of her. She's almost on her best behavior at the moment. Like we're only seeing the fun, jovial side for the most part and like i mean she is showing us some personal things too but there's a lot i can just tell there's a lot there and i'm excited to see it so really hope they don't get rid of her after this season i I really don't like one and done housewives i think every housewife needs to have two seasons yeah you got to give them a chance i mean even teddy who i was just so ready to say goodbye to for about two seasons maybe two and a half by like now I see her worth. I don't like her as a person. She's everything I hate in a person. Um, just like that constant, like shivering anxiety that kind of is like, I just, it, I, I love I, what her. I don't, what I don't like in her, I see in myself. Okay. So it's very, she's very triggering for me, but I see her worth on the show. I don't know. Just like the way she interacts with the other ladies is interesting and she's always ruffling people's feathers. She is. I love her. I'm such a fan of her. Like last season (laughs) I became obsessed with her because I just think she, I just like that she's upfront about things and she cuts through stuff. She doesn't tiptoe around. She's direct about it. Um, Yeah, I'm a fan. I've been trying to get an interview with her. It's hard. I'm trying to get through her PR. They basically said her, not now, but maybe in the future. So I'm trying. Mm. Oh, well, keep, like, whittling away at the Bravo. There's such a firewall to get into those guys. (laughs) Um, Look, I think we have Bravoed ourselves 
out. I just want to remind people to, if you're looking for Christmas merchandise, I, Christmas present ideas, I have my new merch store on tasteofreality.com. Just head to Reality TV and me in the podcast uh, arena. And remember that discount code. I'll put everything in the show notes so you don't have to remember it. But it's Reality TV Me for a 15% discount. And get my face on your fridge. <laughs> Tell us where we can find your show, Poplitically Incorrect. Yeah, find me. I'm on everywhere on, um, you know, Apple, Spotify, everything. Come listen to my podcast, Poplitically Incorrect, like politically incorrect, but pop at the start. It's a bit of a tongue twister for some people. Uh, I'm on social media on Twitter and Instagram at Pop Inc. Pod. I respond to everyone. I love to hear, you know, thoughts and feedback and discuss the Bravo shows in the DMs and stuff. I'm super into it. So yeah, check me out. I love it. And your pot, your show is done and subscribed for me every week. I love it so much. It's always just a really like hot take, a new view in the podcast sphere. I'm really enjoying it. I know. And I have some juicy guests coming up too. So I have a mm. Southern charm villain on the way and a, another ex OC housewife who or someone very controversial from Southern charm. Don't (laughs) tell me it's fucking T-Rav. No, 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 it's not. It's not T-Rav. Oh my God. I'm not platforming a rapist. Okay, good. Well, at least sort of something. It's it's someone close to T-Rav. It's Ashley. So (laughs) crazy Ashley. (laughs) It's someone. Okay. It's Ashley. (laughs) So that's going to, be good (laughs) oh my god (laughs) stick around guys because i am chatting to breakout star micah plath from the tlc show welcome to plathville this is gonna be good thank you jacques i'll talk to you soon bye i am getting into welcome to plathville which airs on tlc on Tuesdays at 10 or 9 p.m. Central Time. If you're in Oz, you can check it out on Foxtel. Look, if you're not watching this show, you are missing out. The show follows a family of 11, nine children who were raised in a very conservative religious family. The kids were homeschooled, uh, some of them still so, and removed from general society in a major way, living on a farm. This has had different impacts on all of the children as they've grown up. And to talk to us a little bit about his experience growing up in that environment is breakout star from the series, Micah Plath. Welcome. Thank you so much. I'm glad to be here today. I'm so excited to talk to you. I loved the first season. I've just caught up on the first couple episodes that have been released uh, as they come out. Look, it's a mm-hmm. big transition for you, hey. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You've come from this secluded kind of farm boy life to TV star and raunchy model. What has that mm-hmm. transition been like for you and how do your parents feel about the modelling aspect? Um, The transition has been very interesting and a lot of fun but also hard. Mm-hmm. Um given the way we were raised, you know, we weren't brought up to know a whole lot about the modern world, but um, it's made it a little difficult, but also just really fun. Just, you know, we were sheltered extremely growing up and 
that was hard, but it makes life more enjoyable now, if that makes any sense. Just being able to do things for the first time now that I'm, you know, 19, it just puts a different spin on normal life. Yeah, I mean, we even got to see your uh, brother, Ethan, the eldest of the family, taste a Coca-Cola for the first time and basically watch his head explode on national TV. (laughs) So I can imagine, you know, every little thing is just mind-blowing, which, yeah, is kind of completely overwhelming, I'm sure, at times, but also a really fun experience. Mm Mm-hmm. I wanted to know what's the biggest thing that's that you've changed your views about like in terms of sex or drinking, sexuality, entertainment, all that kind of stuff that you're just being thrown into right now. Yeah. Um, a lot of it is just I've learned to have an open mind about a lot of the thing, a lot of things. Um, you know, that was not how we were raised. We were raised to be very um very closed minded, have a lot of walls and be guarded. Um, and just, you know, coming out of that, it's, uh, there's no better feeling, um, just being able to be open-minded, um, take in what you see and don't judge people for what they do. Just take them as who they are. Um, just realizing that not everything that you learned was bad growing up is bad. Um, just, you know, trying to find get a feeling on your own what you believe and what you want to do yeah and I think that would be I mean that's the kind of stuff that you sort of watch uh, in in, uh, normal families not that any family is normal I'm putting that in inverted (laughs) commas (laughs) Uh god help me mine's not but if you in like in a normal family environment you observe your parents and that's how you learn and grow and you know learn how to be in the world and you sort of had a very different experience of that and a very sheltered experience so you're learning all of this you and Mariah going out on your own you know learning all of this for the first time it's um it's fascinating to watch and have you had any really confronting experiences in the real world what are your best and worst experiences you've had so far um that's a good question because a lot of a lot of things that are confronting or like overwhelming um, are just, I don't know. They're just, um, part of growing mm. and experiencing things. A, a big thing for me from growing up in a small town is traffic in say yeah. a large city. <laughs> that was something that definitely took some getting used to. Um, also just different cultures. Um, you know, it's just, it's a lot of fun, but it is it is hard yeah like just trying to just trying to adapt to the normal world is there anything you miss from living at home has i mean obviously it's going to have been an incredibly difficult transition um yeah there's a lot of things that i do miss about my childhood and growing up especially family siblings just being able to to have everyday life with them um as far as like beliefs and the environment I grew up in. I don't miss that. Mm. Um, I'm glad to get out of that. Um, so there's not a whole lot I miss about being homes besides just family. What about your farming? We saw that that was a huge part of your world, uh, in the first season, but that's sort of changed to your modeling career now. Is that still something that you, you enjoy? 
yes, it's, I still love farming. I still love um, nature and just being out, you know, in the middle of nowhere. Um, but it's not necessarily what I want to do anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I still, I still love it, but there's other passions of mine that have grown since then and modeling being the biggest one. Yeah, well, we, uh, we've we seen a lot of that on Instagram. Everybody needs to hop over to your Insta and check out those steamy photos. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, we can see the, the work that you've been putting into your body even since, you know, season one. It's a huge transformation. I'm sure it has been a lot of work, but you seem to be enjoying it. Oh, yeah, for sure. It's, it's so much fun. Just seeing the progress you can make, it's just amazing. Um, I mean, I wish my ISO body was making a little bit more progress in the other direction, but <laughs> it's, a bit, <laughs> it's a bit of a struggle over here. I'm telling you now, if you want to give me any tips, uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm open to it. Um, yeah. Was it a family decision to, to do the show or did your parents choose that? How did this come about? Um, that's a very good question. Um, I believe, well, our family did music, um, for a few years, just traveling and singing at churches, just religious music. And we had a website and some music videos out. And I believe that's how the network found us. Um, and they were just inspired by a large, you know, Christian homeschooled, not your average family. Mm. Um, and it was my parents idea the first season to do the show. And it took some convincing to get some of us kids to agree to do it. And then the second season came around and it was kind of flipped, you know, us kids wanted to do it again. And our parents are like, no, not so, not so much. Um, It took some convincing for our parents to want to do it. Yeah. I can imagine. I mean, your parents, Look, there was, I'm sure they received a bit of a backlash there, the way they were perceived on the show and just their decisions in, in terms of raising you and educating all of you. Have they yeah. changed their behavior at all since viewing themselves on the show? Um, I believe, I personally believe they have changed slightly, just kind of accepting us more for who we are and who we want to be. Mm-hmm. Um now, a lot of change has come on my end because, you know, I can't hold a, re- a grudge forever um, mm. without it hurting me. So um, there's been change on both ends. This is something I, because I put on my Facebook group for the show, Reality TV and Me, everybody hop on over into the group. It's lots of fun. I put out mm-hmm. questions um, for when I knew I was going to talk to you and a lot of people just wanted me to tell you how incredibly mature you are and how much you're able to communicate. That conversation that you and Mariah had with your parents um, yeah. was so honest, so real and so raw and just like really eloquent uh, considering you have been so sheltered for so long. What was that yeah. moment like for you just sitting down with your parents and laying it all out? It, that moment was really relieving, um, you know, after having stuff, feelings or thoughts in you for so long, it just feels really good to get them out, especially mm-hmm. to someone who you're not that close to anymore. Yeah. Um, it just, there's just a special feeling about getting something, getting something important off your chest. So yeah, that, that moment was really special. Yeah. And, and, you know, you got it captured on TV. I'm sure it inspired a lot of other people as well. Um, mm-hmm. That moment must have been 
you know, the start of your healing, I suppose. Difficult for everybody, but important as well. Yes, definitely. I would definitely attribute that to me starting to turn around and realize that it's not just my parents, it's stuff I need to do to like reconcile with them. Yeah, because like you said, you know, it, it, it's difficult. You don't want to be holding on to resentment forever, but you did miss out mm-hmm. on quite a lot um, and you are making your way in the world all by yourself really right now. So that's a, a huge transition. It's one crazy adventure and um, being sheltered for so long just makes it more enjoyable, to be honest. That's not how I looked at it at first. Mm. I was like, you know, held a grudge for being held back from everything that I wanted to do. But now that I'm doing it, it's like super special. And it's just, yeah, I'm not glad I didn't do it before, but at the same time I am, if that makes any sense. Yeah, it does. Yeah. I mean, this is your experience and, and you couldn't yeah. have had it any other way. So you may as well enjoy it. It's like, yeah, definitely. Hello world. I'm Micah. I've arrived. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Was there a defining moment when you realized you sort of didn't agree with all of the family's choices and lifestyle or did it just creep up on you? Yeah. I wouldn't say there was much of a defining moment. It was just like, it slowly dawned on me that it was like, you know, I don't have to believe everything my parents have taught me. I don't, I can believe what I want to believe. I can, um and be who I want to be and if my parents your own path yeah forge my own path and if my parents have a problem with that then I I think I'm self-sufficient enough I can make it on my own so you say you're self-sufficient is that uh coming from your modeling career um I am currently I am signed with select down in Miami Atlanta Chicago and LA um, so my modeling career is just getting started. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm super excited to be signed with them. Um, Congratulations. But, thank you. Um, but I'm currently still working. I, I don't think I'll ever really give up hard work because there's just something satisfying about that. Yeah. Um, but to have something that I'm passionate about and working towards is a plus. Like there's nothing better than that. Absolutely. I mean, we all need a purpose and a goal. And yeah. I wanted to uh, clarify as well, what religion is the family? This may have been mentioned that I missed it, but I couldn't figure it out uh, going back. Um, so my family has always classified themselves as a non-denomination. They're just Christians. Okay. Um, so just, you know, religious, but not like, well, I guess, I guess super religious is a, word, a term you could use. Yeah. Um, I didn't, I didn't think we were growing up, but looking back, it's yeah. Super religious, just Christian. Are you still attending church? Um, not regularly. Um, I am a Christian, but I traveling and working full time is, I don't go to church every Sunday. <laughs> well, I mean, fair enough. And look, if you yeah. believe in God, you believe that he's with you all the time anyway. So absolutely. Final question before I wrap this up for you. I just had a clarifying question. Um, Mm -hmm. A few people wanted to know, just because there was a lot of talk on the show about there's no internet, no video games, all the technology side of things. But then we see a couple of conflicting things like the boys have uh, video games in their room. Mariah had a cell phone at the start of season two. Was it, is this like a special occasion use or how does that work? Okay, so the story behind 
my brother's gaming console, if that's what you want to call it. Mm-hmm. It is technically a flight simulator because he wants to be a pilot. So he has no internet on it. He has a training course downloaded onto it that he practices flying on. So that that'll I can see where a lot of people were misguided by that. Um, now, my sister um, having a phone in the first season, that was, that was real. Um, however, the first season was kind of more portraying where we were coming from just to give the audience like a good pr- perspective. Mm-hmm. So they wouldn't like, you know, out, out of the blue be wondering why we have regrets about our childhood, why we're, you know, basically acting like we are. Um, but yeah, the filming of this, the first season was done in the transition of, you know, mm. getting freedom and moving out. Um, but it was more trying to portray where we were coming from so the audience could understand that. Right. Yeah, fair enough. Um, thank you for clarifying that. And I just want to say yeah. as well, I mean, you say like, I mean, they kind of paint Mariah as this crazy wild child. And, and, and you. Hey, was she, like, likes to, she likes to be clarified with <laughs> <as> that. <laughs> Go, girl. Well, yeah. I just wanted to, to let her know and let you know for breaking out of, of uh, the confines that you were raised in. I mean, you guys on your worst day are so much better than me in my teenage years. So I think, like, my parents would be breathing a sigh of relief if. <laughs> they had one of you guys as their kids growing up oh, so wow. you know what i i mean a lot of people will be watching the show and just like fist pumping and clapping for you guys and your freedom and i hope you just continue to grow and see the world maybe one day we'll get you down under in australia I can say good day i would face love to that face. oh yes <laughs> i would love that i've always been i've always been interested in australia well, you kind of got that like surfer boy look that everyone goes for down here. So you just got to grow your hair yeah. a little bit longer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would. I've actually attempted that several times. I can't really get past the awkward stage where it's yeah. like, like, <laughs> just over the ears. <laughs> no, but honestly, I would. I've always wanted to learn to surf. I've never tried, but it's, yeah, it's not. Easy. I feel like I could pick it up. I feel like I could pick it up though. Yeah, I mean, look, you've got the core strength. That's something I struggle with (laughs) and where I I can't get get my grips uh, on the board. Micah, (laughs) thank you so much for talking to me. It's been such a pleasure. I really appreciate you being so open. Of course. Give us your social details so anybody listening can look look for you on Insta, Facebook, wherever you are. Um, I have Instagram. That's about all I have at the moment. I may be getting some more social media accounts, but you'll be able to follow me at Micah Plath. Amazing. Thank you so much. And <laughs> now you can go and rest and have a meal and take it easy because I know you've had a long day. <laughs> I, I will. Thank you so much. I, this, is, this has been a treat for me. Thank you. I really appreciate it. You're welcome.